Welcome, everybody, to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. It is Monday, October 30th at 6.15 p.m., and I am alongside my dad, a.k.a. The Pickle. Dad, how we doing, buddy? We're doing good. How about yourself? Good. It was a long day. Um, It's been a long weekend, and we're going to do this uh, chronologically just to make it a little bit easier because... My memory don't work so good anymore. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to refer to some of the, the pictures and stuff on my phone so I can remember what happened. Friday night, uh, the Devils had a good one versus the Buffalo Sabres where um, I brought the kids. So we ended up, we got sandwiches and stuff, and we, we actually tailgated. The weather it was beautiful um, Friday and Saturday probably going to be the last bit of nice weather that we get for this year. It was almost 80 degrees. So we kind of hung out in the parking lot and we had some sandwiches in the back of the car, um, opened up the trunk and hung out for a bit. And then we brought, um, we went inside and the devils had a a good showing. Um, I thought it was a high scoring game. The over under was seven. Patty brought up that he liked the over and uh, there were a lot of people in my section that were gambling on the game that wanted the over very badly. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to necessarily do a deep dive into these games um, on this episode. Uh, one, because I don't remember everything that happened specifically. Um, but a couple things that stood out to me was uh, the demotion of Alexander Holtz prior to prior to get to the game. So they move Holtz from the third line down to the fourth line. And I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant, if you don't mind. Um, I, I was going to hold this off, but I just... It's bothering me too much, and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, and I'm fine with it. And if people think I'm an asshole, then so be it, because it's the truth. And I always said that if I was going to do this, I'm going to tell people what I really see, what I really think, and I'm not going to be ashamed of, and I'm not going to be influenced by outside sources. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm waiting to hear what it is. <laughs> this team is never going to win a Stanley Cup with Lindy Ruff as the coach. Lindy Ruff does not deserve to be the coach of the Devils. He's not good enough. I respect Lindy Ruff as a person immensely. And I respect the history and the amount of games and the time that he has put into being a professional athlete and into a coach. And there's no denying that he will have a legacy and that he's a good man. And he has groomed a lot of young players. I, I want people to understand that the, the thought process of, well, we're winning games. Why, you know, what is there to complain about is such a loser type mentality to me. It's like if you were to hit our sales numbers every month and you left a bunch of cases out on the street, or if you left a bunch of sales out on the street that, you would still think that you were successful. What he's done with Alexander Holtz, to me, is detrimental to the future of the New Jersey Devils organization. He was the seventh overall pick. 
He was not picked. He was picked to be a what? A goal scorer. A goal scorer. He was picked to be a goal scorer. He had a shot. He played wing. You were going to put him alongside one of your first overall pick centers. And it took him a long time. And I'm not debating whether or not I think Alexander Holtz is a superstar or anything like that. But they have mismanaged him so poorly, so poorly, that the organization and Lindy Ruff in particular should be ashamed of himself. Now, at least Tom Fitzgerald had the courage to come out and talk about how he mismanaged this kid's career. This is someone's life. This is someone who has worked their entire life to get to this position. Alexander Holtz was asked to go out and become a faster skater. He went and worked with Jesper Bratt, who probably is, would you agree, is the hardest off-working, off-season workout member on our team? Absolutely. Would you agree that he has probably the best edge work? Him, it's between him, Jack Hughes, and now Luke Hughes, who have the best edge work and skating ability on the Devils. For sure. Okay. So he went and he found, and you know they're both Swedish, obviously, and worked with arguably the best skating coach that he could find. He put in the speed. He put in the time. He gained the speed. This is after last year they they play him in the top. They did the same thing this year. They play him in the preseason in a top six winger role, and then the day before the season starts, they move him to the third line. So his first game, he's playing with two players that he hasn't played with before. They did it last year. They had him play on the top line with Nico in game one, and he scored a goal, and then they bounced him down. Now, and, they're at, and they, they don't bounce him down the second line. They bounce him down to the third line. The third line is primarily a checking line. I understand that now a third line, there's goal scorers and stuff. If you want to play him with Halla and Mercer, I think there's an opportunity for him to succeed. Would you agree that Alexander Holtz this season looks like he belongs in the NHL? Well, he definitely does. Does he really? Yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does. The kid has played great. He's he's not great, but he's played like someone whose game has matured since the last time that we saw him. The last time that we saw him last year, he was being yo-yoed between the third and the fourth line. He was constantly having his shifts cut uh, on top of sitting in the press boxes for 20-plus games while he could have been playing in Utica. Now, they drop him down to Utica. They play him on the top line. The kid completely dominates. They say, well, we, you know, he dominates in Utica, and then we bring him up here, and then he, you know, he doesn't, he's not aware of where he's supposed to be or this or that. Well, that's because you have him playing in a role that he's never played before. So you have him playing with the most talented players and playing as a scoring threat in Utica. He's plays as a scoring threat his entire life, and then you bring him up here, and you ask him to play a checking role or a fourth-line role. You're going to bounce. You're going to bounce Alex Holtz, who he played – he's – Played good. He's had a couple dangles. He's had a couple gritty goals in front of the net. You know, he's got the one backhand goal in front of the net that was like kind of like a grittier goal. It wasn't like he it was his release or anything. You're trying to tell me that you're gonna that Curtis Lazar is a better option on the third line than Alexander Holtz. He is more of a score, he is has a better chance of scoring. Now, I like Curtis Lazar. Curtis, there's a place for Curtis Lazar. Curtis Lazar plays point A to point B, you know, sacrifices his body game in and game out, finishes his checks, does all the things that we love. Everybody likes Curtis Lazar, so this is not his fault. This is not, I'm not going after Curtis Lazar. So they demote, they demote Holtz to the fourth line for Friday night's game, which is completely ridiculous, but whatever. So they play him now he's on a now he's on a, a checking line. So he goes out and has one of the probably his best game as a professional. Yeah, it was his best game for sure. His passing was the best passing I've ever seen from him by far. He scores a goal. And then the next game, as if you can't get demoted anymore, they make a line. It's Tierney Bastion Holtz. 
how do you expect him to succeed? What is the thought process behind that? Can we all agree? Do you agree that Lindy Ruff has a hard on for Alex Holt? Seriously. He must. He must. He must. Um... What would cause you to play this kid for six minutes last night after the game that he played on Friday night? I think we took a lot of penalties. He's not a penalty killer. I think that had something to do with it. Six um, minutes, dude. No, I know. It's it's not enough. And putting him on the fourth line and and putting Lazar up really didn't make sense. Um, See, I, it would have to be like a positional thing where, you know, uh, Tierney's a center and Mercer's a center. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know why they would do that. But he is he's clearly better than Bastion and Curtis Lazar. I mean, he's a different player than both of them. So this is my problem, too, is there is a group of psychopathic devil fans that literally have no idea what they're watching. And I will stand by this all day that they are crediting Lindy Ruff for Alex Holt's play in Friday's game. Alex Holt did not succeed because Lindy Ruff put him on the fourth line with Mike McLeod. No, he succeeded because he has talent. Alex Holtz succeeded despite the fact that he was put on the fourth line with those guys. That was in spite of Lindy Ruff. And they won both games. And they continue to say, well, Alex Holtz doesn't belong. He, you know, he's never succeeded in a top six role, six role. He's never played in a top six role. They're not giving him a chance. They're, what's going to happen is the kid's going to ask for a trade. And rightfully so. They've, they're ruining the kid's career. He hasn't done anything wrong. It's one thing it's if you're not going to turn good, into Pavel Zaka. If you're not good away from the puck, it's like, okay, you want me to be harder along the wall? You want me to do this? Coach him. We talked about it at the beginning of the year. You have to play him for 20 games to know what you have. Showcase him. If you hate him that much, showcase him. Show what he could do and then trade his ass. But right now, all you're doing is destroying it. The talent management by Lindy Ruff has been horrific. It started last year. It started the year before it, and it continues to go now. I'm sick and tired of it. It's so lame. It's such bullshit. It's like we took all of these variables away from him because he continued to make stupid lineup decisions night after night after night. And there's only the roster is riddled with high end talent. This should be so easy. And you're trying to tell me that Brendan Smith belongs in the, he was making excuses for Brendan Smith. We're going to get into Brendan no, Smith. I, I, I heard that. I heard that. Too. Did you read last night? What he said? I, 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 I listened to what he said. I saw his interview after the game, and he's defending him like, oh, well, if they don't score a goal, then you don't notice the guy that got beat. And there's a couple guys that did get beat, and he just like, happened to get scored on. It's what like, are you talking about? No, I know. I know. I, it's, there's, what he's are got, you talking he's, about? He's got, he's got naked pictures of him with farm animals or something. He's like, what is Lindy Ruff seriously talking about? Are you, do you think that we are that stupid to where we watch the game and we don't know that Brendan Smith has gotten beat time and time and time again? And yeah, he's gotten bailed out by his goaltending where he's gotten away with a lot of it. You're the coach. Are you trying to tell me that unless someone gets scored on, you're not paying attention to who is out of position? The guy's out of position. There's literally only four people in the entire NHL who have a worse scorecard than him out of every defenseman in the league. I know. And a lot of times you look at like the hockey stack cards and you could look at it and say, well, you know, I saw something different. Like the eye test is, is different, but the eye test is identical with his stat cards. I mean, he was, he was the worst player in the NHL yesterday. I mean, he's just terrible. I mean, there's only four people in the entire league that play defense that have a worse analytic rating than him. And he continues to talk about, oh, his passion and his energy and his ferocity. Are you freaking kidding me? The guy takes penalties left and right. Listen, this team is never going to be able to take it to the next level and win a championship if you have a coach who doesn't use, listen, the players 
all have to be if you want to win the and if you want to win the cup your team has to be the best team in the world and if your coach is not rostering the best players and putting them in the best positions to succeed do you not think that the coaching job from the teams that win the Stanley Cup are the best coaching jobs in the league as well it's like the roster management has to be there tom fitzgerald gave this guy literally the golden ticket and he's driving it into the ground if it wasn't for our power play this team would not have be 5 and 2 5 2 and 1 right now i think they've consistently gotten off to slow starts i think that they've mismanaged the way that they should be handling Akira Schmid. Well, why would you say that? Vitek Vanacek just won the last two games. I understand that, but that's not the point. We have to know what Akira Schmid is. Are you going to shelter the guy? So what are you going to do? They should have either played him Friday or they should have played him Sunday, and they didn't play him either time. So the last time you played him, he got pulled in the first period. So now you're going to wait another week. It's going to be nine games or whatever it is before this guy gets in the net and again, and then what? If he plays bad... You're going to pull him, and then you're going to try to coddle him and hide him from the next time he has to play? You Don't you have to know what you have in Akira Schmidt if you want to move forward? If you want, if to, you want to move forward, you're going to have to give the guy a contract, too. How much of a, how much money do you pay him if, if you don't play him? Would you agree that it's harder for a goalie to not play for nine nights and go out and try to play again after not playing than it is for send him right back out there and let him get back on his game, blah, blah, blah. Send him right, right. back out there it, and let him work like out a, of it. It's like a goalie being in net and not facing any rubber, and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he's got to play. You got to play. Kid work out of it. Yeah, he's continued to mismanage Marino and Ball. It's like we have Dawson Mercer, who's a star player, who doesn't have a point on the season. We're a tenth through the season right now. This guy, this guy does not manage his lines well. He does not manage. He does not manage his talent well. And I don't think that he is a good enough coach at this point, managing the talent on his roster, getting the most from his players. I don't think he understands that the development of Alex Holtz will be a long-term effect on this organization that will allow for depth and slotting and everything else. And he is being ticky-tacky about the way that he handles him and his relationship with him. The kid has done nothing to deserve a demotion. If anything, Alex Holt should be pointing the finger at the devil's organization for the mismanagement of his career so far. Well, it's not, it's not the first time that you've seen it either. I think they, they kind of, you know, and it's, is it, was it rough or was it, um, who was the, who was the coach before him? I'm talking about Pavel Zaka. It's like he was, he was mismanaged. Well, there's kids that, and it happens but you're in a situation where you have a young team. Like there's, you know, Pavel Zaka didn't have anybody to play with. That was like his problem. Like there was no, we didn't have any talent. We didn't have a talented roster. It's like right. at least Alex Holtz has talent. You could play him alongside Halla and Dawson Mercer on the third line if you're really that against him playing in the first line because Andre Palat's really taken over the world. It's like you, especially Nico Heischer's out. It's all the more reason to move the kid up in the lineup. Don't drop him down in the lineup. Move him up. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree. What the fuck are you doing? I could, I could, I could even, you could even give him an excuse for Smith, which I don't agree with, but you can give him an excuse trying to, you know, stretch it out where, where uh, Nemitz's contract wouldn't become an issue. Lenny Ruff does not give a shit about Lindy Ruff does not care one bit. Right. But you don't know, you don't know if anything's coming. You don't know if anything's coming from, from the back office there. Um, If you're, you know, going out and picking up Colin Miller and stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, he's injured in respect to them. Nemitz was hurt. So whatever. Colin Miller is also hurt and I get it. They talked about Cal Foot. He didn't even know who they were talking about. It's like, you know, I, I get it. He couldn't hear what the guy was saying. And he's like, Are you plan on playing Cal Foot because Brendan Smith looks awful. And he was like, Who? And he's like, Cal Foot. Like Califoot. It was it was like listening to to Joe Biden. <laughs> but it, it's you know, 
They're not worried about Nemitz's contract. That's ridiculous. You're talking about one year on a player who you plan on playing for your team for a decade. That's that's foolish. That's just bad roster management, and Tom Fitzgerald's too smart to do that. I don't believe that that's the case at all. I think playing Holtz with Tierney and Bastion last night was a total slap in the face. We've talked about trying to build confidence and believe in your young players and getting the most out of, you know, a good coach gets the most out of his players. He has continued to throw this kid in the doghouse over and over and over. It's so disappointing. What does the kid have to do? He made a ton of good passes on Friday night. He scored a goal. I get it. He's a minus four. He's not even playing where he belongs. And it's like, I just think that I'm I'm officially done with Lindy Ruff. I don't I don't think that he's the right coach for the team. I don't care if the I don't care if the players like him. I actually I don't think that Nico Heischer does like him. Nico has been very candid about not supporting him. Like everybody else, Jack Hughes is the guy that looks up to Lindy Ruff or whatever, and I respect that, and that's fine. And if that means that's the growth of Jack Hughes and the player he's become, then God bless Lindy Ruff for that. But uh, Nico has not gave him a ringing endorsement, and this. It's it's bullshit. He's managing well, his team like crap. You know there's what? Hardly, he's, there's he's hardly any decisions to make, and he's making all the wrong decisions. That's he's drafted deal. number six. He does have talent. If he was, you know, if he was slow last year, seeing him out of position, it's like how many times is and believe me, you know, I'm the biggest Luke Hughes fan there is. Um, you know, rookies are going to be out of position. They're going to get out of position. They're going to make mistakes. But this kid's got a lot of talent. Otherwise, he wouldn't have went sixth overall. It's You got to, you know, p- playing Palat up on that line rather than playing him on the line and moving Palat to that third line with Halla and Mercer, it's it's just blows What do you mean? Mind. Even if he moved – turn the light on in, in there because this is recording a video. <clears throat> Even if he even if he put him on the third line, it's like, okay, like even that's fine with me. But to play him with you didn't even play him with McLeod. You know? It's like you played him with Tierney and Bastion. And then you gave him six minutes. And it's like I don't like what he's doing with Schmidt either. He's it's like I don't I'm losing confidence in that situation. I think if the Devils' power play wasn't as good as it's been, that it would – it's covering up a lot of deficiencies from the team. I agree with you. Luke Hughes has done a lot of things that make you think he's going to be a really special player, and uh, and he's played well, and he's played bad. And, like, you think about the game on Friday night. He had a play where he tripped over the red line, and he fell down and led to a goal. So be it. That shit happens. You know what I mean? And especially you get, like, the – you get the – you get the wave when you have a Hughes on the back of your jersey, and they're not going to bust your balls as much, and maybe rightfully so. But if if that was Nemitz, I worry about what Lindy Ruff would do. What you think that he would get down on him the yeah. same way he's doing? Well, yeah, it on what Holtz? would make you think any different? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what the love affair with Smith is, but there's there's something more. Forget about Smith. There's something more there. Forget about Smith. Do you not think that if Nemitz made the same exact mistakes as Luke Hughes made on Friday night, even though Luke scored a goal and everything, that Ruff would not criticize him and potentially yank him off the ice, shelter, not give him any time, and then maybe scratch him for Brendan Smith again? I don't know. I, be, I know you don't. I'd be, he does. I'd what would you lying. guess if you yeah. had to guess? I would hope he wouldn't. You know, I would hope he wouldn't. I would hope he he would do what as he says he's going to do. He's going to allow these guys time to grow. They're young. They're going to make mistakes, and you have to you have to bear with it. Guys that have been around a long time that are making dumb mistakes. That's that's kind of a different story. And if they do. And it's somebody that you think is a is a pillar on your team. So, like a guy like John Marino, for instance, he's gotten off to a rough start. Dawson Mercer, he's gotten off to a rough start. 
You don't take him out. You continue to play right. him. Let him play through it. Like everybody right. has ups and downs in their career, especially 10 game skids. Like who cares in the big scheme of things, you know what this player is capable of. You know how good, a, how smart of a player that John Marino is. It's like, you know what Dawson Mercer is capable of doing. Absolutely. Are you worried about the future of Dawson Mercer? Not at all. Not at all. Are you worried that John Marino doesn't know how to play defense anymore? Not no. at all. No. It's like, Brendan Smith is not ever going to do anything ever. He's not going to. Yeah. He's never not, get a contract he's not in the beginning of his career. You know, even if he's he not getting another contract, he may never get another contract. So for you to stand up and publicly support him and say that you like the way that he played after he's been analytically the fourth worst defenseman in the entire NHL. And then you bench your seventh overall pick, who your general manager admitted that you mismanaged him and straight up said that he was going to be a pillar of the organization. You played him on a first line all preseason, and he looked fine. His foot speed, he looked noticeably faster. He looked slimmer. He looked all of this. And then the first game, you put him down to the third line, and now he's playing on the fourth line, not even with Mike McLeod. With Tyranny and Bastion, it's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? No, I agree. I agree. To not give Schmid a start this weekend was just asinine. It was so stupid. It was like you had the Minnesota Wild. It's like the Minnesota Wild can't score. Throw Schmidt out there. Let it be a boring game. It's like you let him sit, and now they don't play until Thursday. And it's like, all right, let's look. Their schedule's coming up. You're going to go back. They're going to play Minnesota again. They got back. And you know back, what he's going to so. do? He's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to start VTech first. He's going to play VTech. And then he's going to play Schmid on the road in St. Louis, who St. Louis has had their way with us for a decade. And right. not that that matters, but you have to let Schmid work out of this. It's too important. What happens if VTech Vanacek gets hurt? Like, you don't even know what you have. You're not even playing. Keith, Kink- Keith Kincaid time. <laughs> you don't even know what you have because you won't play him. And that shows no confidence in him. And confidence is the key to being a good goaltender. And I like Schmid, but we don't know what we have. So the only way to know is to let him play. And if guess what? If he you play him, you know, 15 games, like give him a real chance. The next 30 games, split the net with him. Let him get 15 games. If he drops 10 of them, at least you know what you're working with. And you can make a move at the deadline if you have to. Or you can make, you can give your team an opportunity where you think this is a real good team who could try to make a run in the, in the playoffs. Because right now, you're not going to be able to do it. In the playoffs, you're not going to be able to do anything if, if this is what Schmidt is. They're going to try to shelter right. him. And they're right. going to have, it's not like Vitek, Vitek Vanacek is good. He's kept us in games. He's made big saves at times. He's also left up some soft goals at times. But it's like, He's not a number one. He's not like uh, he's not like a Sorokin or Shesterkin, someone that I'm playing every game, and then if I really need a night off on a back-to-back, that's when Schmid's going to play. You're hoping that Schmid was going to play 40 to 50% of the games. You're planning on potentially signing this kid to a contract. You don't know what you're doing with Vitek Venecek. Like, so if you don't play him, what, what is the thought process behind that? Where... What are you going to do? Would it, what would you do with his next contract if you're going to play him once every five games? No, I know, I know. You have He's got to get some starts. He definitely has to get some starts. Get him some starts. We're, set, we're, we're seven games in, too. We're eight I games. mean, we're, we're only seven games in. Well, we're eight games in. We're, we're eight games now? Yeah, we are. So, so it's like, it's give him some, some like consistent games throughout a week. I'm like, not back-to-back, back, but if you're playing on a Monday and you're playing on a Thursday and you're playing on a Friday, play him Monday and Thursday and, like, let him get out there and get some confidence and get back to his games and see him pucks and everything. It's like, it's not you're not going to do him any good by just, like, holding him off the ice and hoping that VTech gets you through the games. And we can get into it. Like, I thought VTech played pretty good on Friday night. He He had a lot of huge saves. Like, he did. Total defensive breakdowns. And 
he bailed us out time and time again. And it, like I said, if our power play is not humming, this people are not going to be. This is a totally different conversation. Would you agree? No, I know you can't. You can't. You can't count on scoring five goals every game. I mean, that's that's just not going to happen. We're going to go into droughts where guys are going to have a hard time putting finding the back of the net. So our defense has to play a little better and we have to be able to rely on, you know, having above average goaltending, just average goaltending. It's incredibly frustrating. And I, um, and we're, and you know, the first thing that people say, which is crazy is, well, but we're winning. And it's like, you are winning, but aren't you always supposed to be trying to get better? You're winning because you have an extremely talented roster. So, like, you could throw all these people out in any lineup, any combination that you want, and you have a good chance to win because you have so much talent. You know what I mean? Like, we're really deep. Like, we're really good. Like, we thought we, we, are. Had, we, thought we had the best top nine in the entire league. Does this look like the best top nine in the entire league to you? Like, to me, this looks like a team that doesn't start on time, underachieving, can't finish. They look completely like run around. As soon as things go wrong, they run around like chickens with their heads cut off. This is bad. This is they're not being managed well. And I and I put a lot on the players for execution because at the end of the day, it does come down to the players on the ice. But if you don't put them in the right spot, it makes it much harder. You know what I mean? And you see, like our power play is really good because they have a little time and space. And we have all this talent. We were able to we're able to move the puck around, but they're not winning. They're not winning because of Lindy Ruff. They're winning because they're talented, despite Lindy Lindy Ruff not coaching them not playing them correctly. That's my opinion. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Would you agree with that? A lot of, you know, there's a lot of teams out there with a lot of talent that don't win. You saw what happened to Boston last year. You see what happened to, to the Oilers. Um, there's, you know, it, Boston had the best record does, in the a, history of a, the game. A last lot year. does. And they, and yet they still failed in the playoffs. It's there's, you know, a lot does have to do with the coaching. A lot does have to do with the coaching and different approaches to different situations. He's not, he's never going to be the coach that wins the cup for the Devils. Well, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too. I really do. And I, I really mean yeah. that. And, and I will, and I, and I will be the first person that will come on here and say that I was wrong and apologize. And I really wish the guy nothing but luck. But when they took Blackwood out of the situation, when they took Wood out of the situation, and they took these Jesper Boquist out of the situation and Sharon Govich, and they had these they had these like players that he would fall in love with, um, Wood being the main one, and even like Mackenzie Blackwood, I was like, it's gonna be refreshing to you kind of are handcuffed. Whatever you put in now, we know that we like these people. So it doesn't matter. Right, you wanna put in right. Put in whoever. Go ahead. And it's like, he's still managing to screw it up. He's still managing to screw it up. Well, they, they, that's, they kept the one, the one player that they shouldn't have kept, you know? I know, but, but he was, he, I know, but what he's doing with Holtz is, is, that's not the way you coach a player. That's not the way you make the team better. He's not making the team better. That's, he has an opportunity to make this team better, and he's not doing it. And people say that Holtz doesn't deserve it. Well, Holtz doesn't, he's never gotten a fair chance. So you don't know if he deserves it or not, is my point. Um, right. So Friday, we went to the game and we had a great time. The kids all came and it was good. Um, and the Devils put on a good show. Um, it was a five to four win. Holtz gets on the board. Uh, the Devils are still not, haven't been the first team to score in the first period at this point. Um, Tage Thompson scores. Jesper Bratt has been incredible. He has like 14 points in his last seven games as of yesterday. Um, and it's funny because you, Dad, like this is your opportunity to really blow your load on Jesper Bratt because you have been well, a guy who has been so into Jesper Bratt for so long. His game, to me, was never completely rounded. And now I look at him and he looks like just an amazing overall player. He's playing defensively. He's using his body. He's playing on the penalty kill. He's, he looks faster, uh, faster than ever. I, 
I'm blown away by the the uh, talent and what Jesper Bratt has brought to the team this season. And it looks like the improvements he's made in the offseason, which he had a solid game to begin with. Um, and he had, and it's not like it's his a breakout year for him. I mean, he's had two, he's had two back to back really good years. Young player, now he's just getting a little, little more mature. He's he's the real deal. My predictions in the beginning of the year, him and Hughes, hundred points each, and and Luke winning the the Calder. It's like small sample, but. It's possible, um, but yeah, I thought that I thought it was a it was a clearly um, it was a shootout as as we expected. But you know, one of the guys that we were worried about going into this weekend was Eric Halla. Who man, did Eric Halla turn it on or what? We thought he was hurt. He did, and then did. boom, this guy comes out of nowhere. Do you remember? You know, there were a lot of people that were done with Eric Halla last year. You know what I mean? Because he couldn't finish. And now Who are those you, people you now look at him now. He's, <laughs> he's on fire and he's like, you know, he's like a veteran presence. who's like a very heart and soul player to where when he gets right. going, I feel like it resonates throughout the team. You know what I mean? Like he's a definitely he's a high energy guy. And to see him succeed and play as well as he had, what sucks is he missed the empty net. It would have been his first know, ever hat trick. I know. Um, I know. With a broken stick. I was waiting for Amanda Stein to ask him that question too, like to Foley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you feel bad about breaking your stick? Yeah. So um, he he actually, they did ask him and he was like, oh man, he's like, it sucked. That would have been my first hat trick. You know what I mean? So uh, let's keep, uh, let's keep that on watch. And if, um, if we ever see Halla in the hat track, uh, hat trick uh, opportunity that we we get our hats on the ice, if that ever happens. No, absolutely. So then, what I did was uh, Saturday. I had like three. I had three soccer games. Um, I had three soccer games during the day, and then at night I had a um, I had a Halloween party next door i saw i saw i liked your costume yeah so i was alf right <laughs> i saw it <laughs> yeah alf came out good uh won an award won best costume of the night which was uh oh, which is great where was it where'd you go literally next door oh yeah oh, my neighbors great, my, my neighbors you don't have to worry about driving perfect yeah my neighbors threw a party and uh it was a good time and then um and then we we were there like i don't know maybe it's like midnight and then we got up, me and Harry, at eight and headed up to Jets Giants at MetLife yesterday. Now, if you're not into football, you could fast forward to this real quick. But this is like, this is some epic football meltdown type stuff. Um, I've been to a lot of games. I was a season ticket holder for the Giants for for years, and I've grown up around the Giants my whole life. Yesterday was a Giants game that people are going to talk about and remember for a very long time. That will be an infamous right. game. Um, It'll be like the miracle in the Meadowlands. Yeah. And I mean, so we got up there really early and it was dumping. I mean, it was pouring out. Yeah. It, it didn't look like a game that I would want to be at. So the tailgate was crazy. So, I mean, this is like the mm. most New York situation. I mean, you got the Jets and the Giants together. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of tension for sure, like way more than you know. I just went to the to the Commanders, the Washington game the week before. There was a lot more tension, but people were having a great time. There was a lot of Jets fans who were friends with Giants fans, obviously, and uh, a couple of our buddies took a bus up, and there was a DJ, and there were bands playing, and there was all this and that. My buddy Joe, who you know, he has a tailgate. They had a full pig being roasted. Um, nice. Yeah, they had the whole, it was the whole thing, a chef. They had, I think it was 240 shots of fireball. Um, and we were, it was, it was raining so hard. And, uh, and it was about like noon and we're thinking, all right, we're going to end up going in soon. So I went over and this roasted pig looked so good. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. So I made myself a little plate. And uh, we took a shot of fireball. Like there was literally like 60, 70 people that all took a shot at the same time and were cheering and stuff. And it was cool. Uh, like, and I was, I was having a good time. It was great, but I'm not really good at getting swallowing my food, which we've talked about in the past. 
So I take, and I haven't been able to get my medication. So I take this shot of Fireball, and I'm like, okay, I'm washing it down with a Modelo, and I I get this pork, and I'm eating it, and it's so good. It was it was amazing, and um, it gets stuck in my chest, right? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm getting like poured on. I'm choking. I got fireball coming up and I'm like, this is bad, right? So I'm like, and Joe's like, come on, let's go in. We're, we're about to walk in. We're walking in. There's, you know, 20,000 people trying to right, get in at the right. same time. Everybody's wasted. Everybody's screaming and stuff. And I realize, like, holy crap, like, this is not going down. Like, this is coming up, like, right now. And I'm not drunk or anything. I mean, it's like literally the food is stuck in my chest, right? One shot of fireball and you're barfing online. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. And I'm like, Joe, I can't. My food, it's like stuck in my chest. And he's looking at me like, what the hell is going on? So I ended up, I have to, I'm like, I got to go. So I, like, leave the line and I go between two cars and I had to, pull the trigger to get this up because I could force yourself to throw up. Yeah. Well, not really. I just really had to bend over and it was just like stuck in my oh, throat. Really? I was like, yeah, like I could have used the Heimlich maneuver probably, but, uh, wow. but I was by myself and I'm like, Oh my God. And like, you know, half of a pig comes up a pig ear or something like that. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm like, what the fuck? So this morning I was just like age, like you gotta, you gotta figure this situation out with my doctors or whatever you know because i'm i'm like not really good at like right they want you know what it is every time i want a new prescription they want to give me an endoscopy right and i'm like no like that's just like a cash grab so what they're doing is my doctor approved now my physical my primary care physician they approve this like we'll give you three months worth you know what i mean so i finally got it but either way it's like gotten like ridiculous so we go into this game it's pouring and everybody's having a good time. I'm like feeling better. I'm just having a great time. And this is the uh, Giants have a forced fumble to start the game. People are going crazy. It was probably 80% Giants fans, 20% Jets fans. Jets fans are just, there's a lot of Jets fans that listen to this. They could be very mm-hmm. obnoxious, right? So whatever. And, um, but it's raining so hard that there's a lot of fans that are just standing in the concourse area. They have these huge televisions. And they're just watching all the games there. Right, right. And we kind of went down and we sat like, I don't know, 20 rows from the field and we're watching a game. So at one point, Tyrod Taylor goes down with a broken rib. Did you watch the game or no? I didn't. Okay. This is crazy. This is literally crazy. So Tyrod Taylor goes down. Daniel Jones is already hurt. Darren Waller gets hurt, our best pass option. Uh, and then Tyrod Taylor goes down and you could tell he's really hurt. So he's broke a rib or punctured a lung or whatever. They brought him to the hospital. He stayed in the hospital overnight, right? And he's laying on the ground. His feet are kicking. And I'm like, oh, God. So we have this quarterback comes, like, running in. And, like, the Jets fan next to me is like, who's the quarterback? And I'm like, DeVito. And I'm like, (laughs) I have no idea, right? So it's Tommy DeVito, right? Yo, Tommy DeVito, you're playing. Get in. (laughs) <laughs> Tommy DeVito literally came in from a tailgate where he he might have been taking shots of fireball with me like uh, in the in the parking lot a couple hours earlier. So Tommy DeVito is from New Jersey. Uh, Tommy DeVito, the name Tommy DeVito is the name of Tommy from Goodfellas. It's Tommy DeVito. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tommy DeVito comes in. This is the ugliest game ever, right? Neither team can move the ball. There were fifteen punts in the first half. Fifteen. They allow him to throw the ball two times in literally I know, a whole I know. half, a half of the second quarter and overtime to where people are like, dude, like you have, you have a player on your roster who plays quarterback that you don't feel comfortable with him trying to make a pass. Right. Why is he on your roster? We had negative nine passing yards. You would think in 2023 that if you have a guy on your roster who's a quarterback, that you would let him throw the ball one time. You know what I mean? It was crazy. It was literally second and 20. They ran the ball up the middle. Third and 20, run the ball up the middle again. So the the uh, the Jets have the ball. They're on, they're on their own 30-yard line. We get a sack. There's like a minute 
left in the game. We have the ball. They don't have any timeouts, blah, 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 blah. So we're like running the ball or they had the two timeouts. So we like run the ball. It gets to fourth and one and we have the ball on our 20. We had the ball on their 20 yard line, right? So if we kick right. a field goal, they got to score a touchdown to win the game. Yeah. But if you run the ball and get the one yard, which you've only ran the entire game, that's the only play that you've done. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So what do you do? Do you run the ball for the one yard or do you kick the field goal to make it a six-point game? Either way, there's no wrong decision, in my opinion, right? So they decide they're going to kick the field goal. It's a 30-yard field goal. It's Graham Gano. He's one of the best kickers in the league. He's been off. Right. He misses. They've given him a ball with 26 seconds left. I'm coming down the escalator leaving, and I'm looking at the screen outside, and the Jets have the ball, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I left thinking we're winning. So Zach Wilson gets the ball. He hasn't done shit literally all day. He throws back-to-back 30-yard passes 60 yards down the field, and then we take, and then we take an offsides penalty and stop the clock. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Then I this is the first time I've ever seen this ever. They had a 30-yard pass. They had nine seconds to run or 16 seconds to run 30 yards down the field, an entire team, and get a snap off, right? But the center picked the ball up and the center spotted the ball. The ref didn't spot the ball. The center spotted the ball. And then they snapped it and they spiked it. And I'm like, dude, doesn't the ref have to Right, the ball. Like the ball. I've never seen yeah. that before in my life. So they stop it. They clock it with one second left. They kick a field goal and tie the game. Now it goes into overtime. We get the ball first, and what do we do? We take a we take a penalty, obviously. So now it's first and twenty. Saquon up the middle. Second and twenty. Saquon up the middle. Now it's it's second and twenty. Like third and twenty. Like, right. if you're not going to try to throw the ball now, knowing all they need is a field goal to win, third and 20, Saquon right. up the middle. I'm like, oh, my God. People were booing. People were screaming crazy things. It was literally, you want like, talk about just bad coaching. Like, it's like you didn't even try to win the game. Like, I would rather right. you throw an interception and lose the game than literally you just gave them the ball back. But... We were soaked. People were very pissed off. Like, people were mad, rightfully so. And I got Harry with me. And Harry actually drove. And he's like, you know, he's drenched. And he's like, I can't believe what just happened and this and that. And we get in the car and we drive to Newark. So then we get to Newark and we were able to watch the Devils game. So this is a long day. I mean, um, but I did. did you make the, did you make the opening puck drop? Well, no, the game went into overtime. Right. So we made it there with like five minutes left in the first period, which wasn't so bad. Um, so we missed the first two goals. But we did have the Jersey Devil come and sit by us and take a picture. I saw that. Yep. I saw that. Yep. Yeah. Seems to be doing well. Um, and I just thought the game last night, I thought they played good. I thought they almost blew it at the end. It was kind of scary. I mean, Vanacek had to make a couple big saves, but if you look at the charts and everything, it's just, it's too much like same old, same old to me. I mean, our back end does not look very good. I thought that the team is starting. I thought Marino look, played better. The team is starting Marino to look better. better. There's no doubt about that. I'm not, I'm not debating that at all, but um, I don't know. I They're mean, giving up a lot of odd man. Too many chances. odd man rushes. Like, but I, you know, is that the reason why we're getting five goals every game? It's like no, we're scoring five goals a game because we're scoring on the power play every night for the first time, right? Right. Well, our power play is like that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and like you don't think our power play is not going to end up? This isn't sustainable. This is pretty crazy. Like I, I don't, I don't know what our power play percentage is off the top of our head right now. Forty percent. Yeah, I mean. That's crazy. It's like <laughs> it, that's going to come down a bit. You have to like play a little. You have to play a little more discipline. Um, oh man, they they they're moving the puck so well. I mean, they look so good on the power play. They do. You know who? Um, you know who is like my? There's a the guy Pubius. That guy literally is he. 
There's nobody that I agree with more with the stuff that he sends me than that guy. Yeah. And um, time and time again, he just says the he he says everything that I that I'm thinking. So he said, "This is what he sent me." Uh, he said, "Did you see uh, Ruff's press conference last night? If not, you have to watch it. Smith isn't coming out of the lineup anytime soon." What the fuck was the fourth line last night? And what did Ruff expect when he put them together with Holtz? Four minutes of ice time last night. One game after he had his best performance ever as a devil, I'm starting to wonder if Holtz actually said something to Ruff or the organization or someone in the organization. How do you explain him sitting in the press boxes last season for two months and his treatment this season? He liked uh, the way that Jack, Bratt, Hollow, Ball, Dougie, McLeod are making up for Ruff look good despite his ass nine lineup decisions. And I, it's, it's, I agree. It's I agree very with all those. Hard to argue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's really easy for very, very talented, good players to make you look better and save your job. But I think sure. that he could be getting so much more out of them. I think it, their team is leaving a lot of meat on the bone. And I think it would suck to have a wasted year to where there could be an opportunity for, it would suck to lose Holtz forever, maybe. Like that would be, that's my, No, absolutely. He's a number six pick. Seven. You know, he's number seven pick. Seven. But either way, he's a very high pick and it's important. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, but uh, go ahead. What about, I, I don't want to get off on another player or anything, can I? Um, Whatever you want. Go for it. Washington game, minute left. Jack takes that big hit. I was like, damn, you got to be kidding me. A game that's all locked up. He's got to take a freaking, he's got to take a hit and, you could see the effect of that the last two games and give him a ton of credit, man. He's a, he's much tougher than I thought he was, but you could tell he's laboring. He's hurt because he's not putting himself in any positions to, to make it worse, to, to get hit again. And he's still one of the best players on the ice. Yeah. I think he did get roughed up, but I, I, I would have, uh, he doesn't put himself in a position to get hit, really, on any day. He well, he doesn't, but he he'll also he he has no fear of running right up the middle. He has no fear of of zipping down the boards where he actually does. He is in a position to get hit. I know what you're talking about. The last minute, he'll turn away and and dump pucks yeah, he, and stuff avo- like he that. He avoids contact as much as possible. He he avoided he avoided it a little extra last two games, and rightfully so because that was a big hit on him. And you saw Nico take the big hit, and you know, yeah, Connor. Yeah, yeah we can get yeah Connor you can get Clifton. into the, the Nico hit for sure. You know, Connor Clifton. It's like listening to his bullshit. Uh, excuses and apologies today. It's like two games. No, that's not, that wasn't a two game hit. That wasn't a two game hit. Hopefully, it's only a one game hit for Nico. But who knows, man? He got he got jawed. I know he he got hit right in the head. It was a dirty play. Uh, not for nothing. Nico's got to keep his head up. Like you got, you have he to does. be aware of wh- 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 what you're doing, dude. Like you have some responsibility as a player to defend yourself as well and to keep yourself out of dangerous situations, which we just brought up on the last episode. We did, we did, and he I think the way out, he plays, and then he came back out, and then he got knocked I think out he, again. Yeah, but I think when he came back out, he was still out of it. I don't think that that's he came a, back. I no, don't believe that no, for that's, a second because he continued why, to do it over and over. Have you ever had a concussion? Have I have ever, ever had a concussion? Had... Are you serious? Yeah, I've had multiple concussions. Are you kidding me? Kyle no, I am. Kyle's had the I most. Know. It's you are not thinking straight, man. You're just, you're fogged. You are fogged. And I think that he took that uh, the extra hit there because of that. And I said the same thing. He re, you know, he's he's playing like Eric Lindros used to play. Okay. It's like, okay. what a bullseye on you because you're skating with your head down. They teach he is you that with his head down, though. He does. He skates with his head down. And to be honest, if he took that hit, the second hit that he came back, if he took that hit along the boards where he got cleaned again, if he didn't get hit like that, 
for 20 previous games, I would give him the benefit of the doubt that he was like, maybe he was a little out of it, but he continues to put himself in these crappy situations where it's like, dude, like he almost got killed by, he almost got killed by Truba last year in the playoffs. Remember that? Or wasn't, no, it wasn't even the playoffs. It was a regular season where Truba went flying through the air with his legs over his head and everything. Like he skates through the neutral zone with his head down and he got caught. And this one was dirty. And, Connor Clifton should be suspended, but dude, if you want to have, if you want to have a prolonged career, you want to be the captain of the team for a long time. No, like, absolutely. Come on, you man. Gotta, you have you, to you like gotta protect yourself. Be aware. You have to be aware. Um, which I mean, you heard, you heard this, you heard this horrible story about Adam Johnson, which is, uh, Oh my God. That's crazy. It's crazy. And the craziest part is there's people out there that think that this guy who hit him, uh, Matthew Petgrave, should be charged with manslaughter. Yeah, that's like, what are people thinking? That's insane. Like, well, that's not a normal hockey move. And you're like, wow, like, there's something seriously wrong with people. There's a freak accident. And, um, I like the fact that Bettman's actually addressing it and they're talking about neck guards, um, which, you know what, why not? I mean, would it, yeah, the thing I, with, would it affect their play? The thing with neck guards, really it, it literally play? is one of the most uncomfortable extra pieces of equipment that a person wears. It definitely is. I hate it definitely is. neck guard. I know, but it, but you get used to it. You get used to it like they got used to it. They didn't want to wear helmets and they didn't want to wear face shields and you know, yeah, I guess I don't know. I would be surprised. I'm not saying I don't think that they should. I mean, if I and if especially if the players say like, yeah, I right. mean, it's happened. It's happened twice, but it's not. It's only killed one that we person. know that we know. If it's the first person that's actually died I, that that we have heard of, but I remember years ago somebody catching a, a skate in the neck. Yeah, a goalie. Yeah. 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 I, so, mean, I mean, either way, it's a horrible situation, and uh, and thoughts and prayers go out to um, twenty nine. That's too young. Yeah. The the Johnson family. Uh, no one should have to experience that or go through that. I mean, and I, I feel for I feel for uh, Petgrave who whose skate it was because that's got to be something he's going to live with forever. Right. Absolutely. You know, I got to think that he should be punished is like, you know, I know I got a buddy. He's going to live. I got a buddy who, um, he is in a men's league and it was like a freak accident and a stick came up and took a dude's eye out. This is recently. Oh, wow. He's like, yeah, I, like, I don't even want to play anymore. And I'm like, I can't, I don't, how, how would yeah, they blame me? You know what I mean? Like, Somebody's going to go home. They're not going to be able to like see out of one of their eyes. That's crazy to me. But um, yeah, I really suggest like, and if you listen to our, our podcast where we, um, we had like the round table with me and my brother and my father in Asheville, we talked about, you know, losing teeth and stuff like that. I really cannot emphasize how important I think it is for kids or even adults to wear a face shield when playing, even just in front of your house. You know what I mean? If you're going to play in a game or something, you're going to be going after the puck and lifting each other's sticks because it only takes those things just cut you so quick. But um, yeah, horrible situation there. Now the devils are going to go on their first road trip this week. um, And they are headed out to, they got, they're going to hit the Midwest. So they're going to hit Minnesota Thursday, and then St. Louis Friday, Sunday night, they get to see Connor Bedard for the first time. And then Tuesday, they have the Avalanche. And that's going to be there's gonna be a lot of speed in that game. That's going to be a fast one. Right. Um, and I think I look at this like you should be able to come out of this, hopefully, three and one, maybe two, one and one. You know what I mean? If you could pick up five points right. on this. That would be good. I think the Devils haven't really gotten off to the start that they'd hoped they would, but have a 5-2-1 record despite their slow showings and whatnot, a couple injuries. Um, but I would like to see – I would like to see Schmid more to un- get a better understanding as to what we're working with. And um, How about the Rangers? Who would have thought Jonathan Quick 
Yeah, he's I, leading. He's leads, well after eight games. He's leading the league the, for goalies. How many games has he played? Three. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. It's faith still. In it's it's that's still. You know, his save percentage is ridiculous. I think it's like nine sixty eight or something. It's nuts. Yeah, I don't. He'll never sustain it. No, Jonathan Quick's old man. Like old, old. No, I know. I know. Um, but I don't know. You got anything else? All I, all I got is I, I see uh, point leaders, and I see the Devils have two of the top three with Bratt and Hughes, and I see Connor Bernard looking at the back of uh, Bedard. Luke Bedard. I see him looking at the back of his helmet there because he's got more uh, more points than him. So here we go. There you have 75. Okay. Well, with that said, um, yeah, I hope everybody is doing well and hope everybody has a great week. Dad, thanks for joining. You've been listening to the Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch. Let's go, Devils. Won't you come with me to a place in a little town? The only way to get there is to go straight down. There's no bathroom and there is no sink. The water out of the tap is very hard to